you know, this world is made up of opportunity, right? Uh, one of my mentors, and I'm not going to say his name, uh, came over here uh, uh, from, a, from a foreign country uh, and owns somewhere near 22 McDonald's. Um, and that's how I got actually in, in six massage classes, but um, it, it's just about doing it. He, he didn't he didn't quit and worked his way up into the ranks um, into McDonald's. Um, he bought his first one and then on to proceed once he mastered the game, he, 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 he expanded right and he scaled. Perfect. What's up, everybody? It's Jamel Gibbs. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things business and investing related. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that we haven't covered on this podcast. And it's a great way to add another source of income to what you're currently doing as a real estate investor. And if you're just getting started investing in real estate, you could use this to build up capital to be able to buy more real estate, which is exactly what our special guest has done. So what our guest has done has started up a trucking business, all right? And he's taken the capital from the trucking business. First and foremost, he, he scaled his trucking business incredibly over the last year and a half or so. But he's using the trucking business in order to be able to fund more real estate deals. So it's all about multiple streams of income, multiple cash sources. That's what you need to be thinking about, right? You don't want to be a one-trick pony. I talk about it all the time on this podcast. You want to have multiple streams of income, multiple ways to make money so that when one thing is slow, you know you got money coming in from other things, right? And that way you never go broke. Quentin Hood, what's going on, my man? Man, what's going on, Jerome? Man, it's a pleasure to have you, bro. Been trying to get you on for a little minute, man. You, you like- Yeah, been running. It's almost, it's almost, Almost like trying to get the president on, bro. Man, it's crazy. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, man? Uh, um, from Detroit, Michigan. Originally moved to Virginia in 98 um, with the high school, uh, Greenway High School. Shout out to the Stallions. Um, uh, got into the pest control industry. Uh, so I went to work for Terminex uh, when I was a senior in high school uh, doing bait checks. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of got me my start, uh, you know, got me certif certified certifications, things of that nature, um, and pest control and, and termite. Um, I was able to, to use that as a springboard, uh, to get government to work for a company called DynCorp, um, uh, which is, which they do government contracting, uh, overseas. Um, and in 2010, 2011, um, but well, let me back up a you know, worked my way up the ranks in, in Terminex, and then I became the city manager of Virginia Beach, uh, area manager of Virginia, Virginia Beach. And then I used that to uh, to gain a government position, contractor position with Donacorp uh, overseas, uh, making six figures. OK, uh, so that's kind of where my journey started. Um, uh, and I you know, was able to save up some of those funds to invest in my first rental property, uh, which I bought all wrong. Um, I bought a, uh, a townhouse, um, through HUD, um, conventional, you know, how, you know, you go, you put 20% down. Um, um, that's the way I bought it. Um, I had previously purchased a property when they, 
uh, got the uh, $8,000 grant, um, home, home tax credit grant. We built the property from the ground up. Obviously, we used our first time home buyer on that. Um, but that kind of got me my, my interest into the real estate. Um, um, so we, we, we went from there um, as far as, you know, get, got those first two properties. I'm overseas. I'm working, um, making some good money. And then we, uh, we kind of turned it up a notch a little bit. But it's just a little bit about me. I'm from Detroit. Um, I, I'm into sports, basketball, real estate, obviously, investing. Also, um, uh, uh, financial literacy. So I'm always on podcasts, listening to podcasts, things of that nature. Now, listen, Q is being a little, um, he's being very humble. I'm going I'm to I'm say that. Q is definitely being humble on his podcast. He he has his hands into everything. So he, he's not only into real estate and trucking. And I mean, the guy owns a pest control business. He owns businesses, um, more businesses than you than you can even think of. Right. So um, we're talking about the importance of multiple streams of income. I, I wanted to pick trucking specifically because okay. I think it's a it's, it's something that's hot right now. And I think people can relate to it. Um, why don't we talk about how you got into the trucking industry, man? Well, before we even jump into that, so how many businesses do you have right now, bro? Um, so right now let's, let's, I never really counted. So now we do, we do pest control. Um, we have a, uh, spa, which is a franchise massage, but, um, which is, um, our, our home headquarters is out of Seattle. Um, it's, you know, I'm not going to say my competitor's name, but. It's similar to that membership base. Um, we've had that since 2016. Um, we run the pest control company, which is Pest Max, um, um, which we go out and do pest control, um, WDI letters, things like that, kill termites. Uh, we also have the rehab side of it, which is Hood Homes. Um, I'm going to throw, throw, throw a shout out to that. Um, I'm Hood Homes underscore INC on, on uh, IG. So check me out. Uh, we do our rehabs. Um, things of that nature. So that, that's our rehab side. Um, we also do rental properties. Um, we have 20, 20, between 26 rentals, 21 to 26 rentals right now. Um, and we're still acquiring more. Um, we run Maximum Logistics, which is a DSP partner with Amazon. Uh, so we got a contract with Amazon. Um, we also run Kingly Logistics, which is our 18 wheeler side. Um, we just got those uh, on the road. We're doing different different projects for work. Um, also running some Amazon stuff as well. Um, what else do we do? We do the financing side. So we, you know, um, uh, we we basically um, meet investors with with financial institutions uh, to make the deals deals work. So the deals come to us um, by investor side. And we find out how to find them the money to, to get the deal done. And we take a little cut of it. Um, what else do we do? The, the point is, bro, I'm sitting here. You're going through the list, right? And we don't need to know everything you do. We, we, we know that you got multiple streams, right? right? I just listed. I'm tallying. I'm literally, you know how you put, put down uh, the tallies and you, and you cross it. I'm sitting yeah. here tallying how many businesses. I counted seven so far. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's probably a few more, um, but again, like you said, it's you know I was always brought up with uh, with a single mother, right? And, and 
you know, working those two jobs and things of that major, trying to, to, to make ends meet. And so when I got my opportunity uh, to work for myself, it was like, I can create this, master this, have that little drip, create this, master this, have that little drip. And eventually it grew into what, you know, what we're doing today. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's continuing to span, expand. Um, you know, you know, we were getting into the bigger multifamilies, uh, some, some hotels, things, things that I wouldn't even fathom doing, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah, man. And so, you know, the, the trucking has just allowed us to bring in the income to kind of do those different things. Yeah, man. So like I said, man, I tally seven businesses, maybe eight that you just mentioned. And primarily, I want to focus on trucking. Right. So how did you get started in the trucking business? So about uh, well, I got to take it back to Afghanistan. The government is basically a logistics company. Right. It's moving one piece of the product, no matter what it is, from one side of the earth to the other side of the earth under the U.S. government. So I kind of got that knack or that feel from them in 2011 because I was the uh, you know one of the top guys in Afghanistan um, as far as vector control um, goes, and we had to basically do all the ordering, moving all the product, all the equipment um, for uh, you know our vector control department. Um, but uh, you, know, you know it came from the government. And so that's what got my knack into to, to getting into the logistics side. Fast forward, um, you know, I would always see these these blue trucks rolling around the city. And I'm like, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. I got Amazon Prime. I got Amazon Prime. And so that kind of got, got me a knack. And then one day I was sitting in my spa at my desk and my wife sent me a link um, for to become a partner to become a partner um and so we filled it out you know i filled it out and i'm like ah, maybe something that i want to do or you know maybe think about doing but i had already got the itch from from being overseas and seeing how that supply chain worked um so we went on and filled it out um and, and uh got got some feedback from amazon it took about two years to be re- to be realistic it took about two years for us to to get settled and get our feet in, in the door uh uh plethora of interviews and um, flying out to Seattle and flying out to uh, DC and, you know, traveling to Baltimore and things of that nature to kind of get the feel of what was expected of a DSV partner. Um, And then, you know, right after Christmas of 2019 is when we got that call and was like, we need you to leave like next week. Mm. Uh, And so um, that, that, that kind of, what, what got us in the door with, with Amazon. Um, fast forward a little bit, March 2020 is when we launched um, you know, as a DSP partner with Amazon. Um, gotcha. and, then, and then it just grew from there. Um, you know, we kind of learned, you know, because we run uh, the advance and we also run, uh, I don't know if you know, if you've seen the UPS trucks, kind of kind of similar to those, but they're DOT uh, regulated. And so that kind of intrigued our interest into the 18-wheelers because if anybody knows about the Department of, about the Department of Transportation, it's a whole, I mean, thousands and thousands of pages of um, 
of what their core values are and what the regulations is. And so when we start to learn the regulations on the, on the side with Amazon, it kind of pushed us into that realm. It was like, hey, no host bars, you're already doing it. You already got the certs. Let's move forward. Um, and then that's what got us into the, to the 18 wheeler side. So you, you started off March of last year, man. And I know you've mm-hmm. done some incredible things, man. So how many trucks right. would you say you have out? How many Amazon vehicles would you say you have out there right now? So right now um, we run about 45 to, to 60 routes. Um, and that's not including my step van. So we run about 10 step vans as well. Um, but, you know, you know, that's that's the Amazon side uh, side of it. I mean, you could go up to 100 routes, you know, typically, mm-hmm. um, you know, in Amazon. And that covers, you know, just about all of all of America. We're so you, we're located in in uh, Richmond, Virginia, though. Right, right. So you got, and you're about two hours away from me, man. So you got about forty five to sixty routes that you run through Amazon, just mm-hmm. through the Amazon. That's without the eighteen wheeler side. Right. And how many eighteen wheelers would you say you have right now? So, so right now we've got two eighteen wheelers. We've got two more that are waiting. Uh, uh, right now we're running those two. Uh, we got two more that are in production, and those run day and night. So we run. Uh, the 18 wheelers in the morning. We got a staff that comes into the morning. We're doing some regional work, five, 10 hours. And then we've got some people that come in at night and run some night work for us. Got you, man. So you got two 18 wheelers, two more that are in the works. And, yeah. um, you know, not to dig too too far into what the profits are looking like, but what's the profit potential for you this year, man? I know you had some big goals for it. Yeah, so my... so. You know, together as all my businesses is concerned, our goal is to do ten million. Uh, we're on a track to do that. We're going. We're going. We're probably going to hit that goal or exceed that goal um, if everything continues to go like it's going. Um, you know, but like I said, it's those different streams of income. It's those drips, right? You get a little bit over here. You get a little bit over there. Right now, right. the trucking industry is on fire. Um, and the reason why is because the you know the world's been closed up for so long, right? Um, COVID hit March of 2020. And so the world is kind of just getting back to some normalcy, right? Um, The the ports, there were, I think, 29,000. I don't want to misspeak, but I think it was 29,000 containers sitting at at the port. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now the port is kind of getting those out of there, getting those moving. Um, If you go to any, and you probably know, if you go to your Home Depot or your Lowe's um, and you're getting refrigerators, you're getting stoves, you're getting washers and dryers, it's the backup on them. You can't just yep. walk in and grab it. Um, furniture, same thing. It's a backup one. I ordered a couch in January. I just got it. So that kind of tells you the backlog of what they got on the logistics side. Um, there is also a shortage of drivers, which is driving the price up. So when there is a shortage, obviously, of drivers, you know, there's not as, as many people, you know, supply and demand. There's not as many people in the marketplace to get that stuff to you. Now the price goes up because uh, the people who really need it are willing to pay a little bit extra to get it there. So the goal right now between all your businesses is $10 million. Obviously, that didn't happen overnight. You've been in business for a little while. Right. But, uh, you know, realistically, you built up this trucking business over the last 12 months, man, a little bit more than 12 months. What, what, right. what do you feel like? 
the trucking business will will produce for you within a 12 month within that 12 month time frame so we'll probably do somewhere in the range of four about four million um with the trucking bi- trucking business um four million dollars um, in yeah. a year in a little over a year we're talking a little March, bit over a year march april may june july so a year and four months 16 months basically and you right and my yeah, my 18 wheelers, you know, haven't been running but for a couple months. So, you know, that's that's with that just running for a couple months. If we've been running them for a year, we'll probably do somewhere around eight or nine million just in trucking. Wow. Incredible, man. So obviously the trucking business is a great business to jump into. I'm sure there's a lot of work involved in it. Um, right. what, what, what are some of the obstacles people can expect when it comes to the trucking business and getting started? Obviously, uh, working with the Department of Transportation. Um, so you always want to make sure your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. The, 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 the most important thing about trucking is safety. You know what I mean? And I, and I can't stress that enough. You will get pulled off the road. You will go out of business quickly um, you know, by the you know, Department of Transportation, DOT, if you, you, your stuff's not right, you know, you know, or, you know, driver get pulled, you know, they find, you know, some things in their system, things like that. Heavy duty fines, and then you will lose your you know, authority um, and things like that. So my my biggest advice to anybody trying to get or, or those hurdles is to make sure you learn the laws. Um, make sure you understand, um, you know, the safety rules and things of that nature. Yeah, Just man. in case you get pulled over and you get a safety inspection. Compliance, man. That's what it's all about. Same same thing in the real estate industry, right? So, you know, as you know, I just had a podcast where we talked about texting laws and things like that, how Mm -hmm. that's changing. You just want to stay compliant with what's going on. And it's really only going to benefit you as a business owner if you stay compliant. You play by the rules, you can make a lot of money doing it at the end of the day, right? So How can somebody go out and buy their first truck, man? Like, I know that, you know, working with the DOT can be an obstacle, but I, I, I would consider, and this is me speaking from experience, you know, I've been looking for a truck myself. Right. Um, I feel like that's one of the hardest parts of, of getting started, man. You know, so yeah. what, what are some of the tricks of finding the right truck? Like, what, what type of truck should somebody start off with? So so I I, I like Freightliners and Peterbilt's. Um, that's just that's just my preference. A lot of guys will tell you different. Um, um, I've heard Volvos are good. Some of the other guys will say the Volvos are good. Um, people tell me to stay away from internationals. Um, I, I, it just depends on what your budget is, right? Um, if you are, you just, you're just new in the trucking game, I would definitely try to use the auctions um, and, you know, the local auctions, things of that nature. Um, get you a good mechanic, you know, not the neighborhood mechanic that can you know, fix on anything, but get you somebody that specializes in these de- in these big diesel machines and things like that. Um, and, and go to the auction and see if you can find uh, something that, you know, that uh, that can get you started, right? Because you typically can do local or regional deliveries, right? With something that, that's very inexpensive. Now, right now, Everything is expensive, right? Wood is lumber is expensive. Well, you know, just just dropped a little bit, but it's gonna take a while to feel that effect. Right. But you know, trucks. I bought my trucks outright, cash, obviously using some funds from real estate. Um, but 
the same trucks I bought for thirty thousand or sixty thousand now, right? And because the the demand is there, everybody's looking for a used truck. And these are not trucks that are brand new, you know, spanking off the lot with zero miles. These have four hundred thousand miles on them. Um, but most of my trucks, you know, are projected to run about one point two to one any one point two to one point five, um, you know, on the dash, you know, and, and that's one point five million miles before I have to do. You know, change you know, change the engine things like that before the engine goes. Cool man. So, so you can make a lot of money between you know four hundred thousand and you know that's basically a million miles you got to drive on that truck. Got you, man. So the price, uh, the the price range where people should be looking at to buy a truck, you're saying mm-hmm. maybe twenty thousand to forty thousand. I, I would say anywhere between if it's your first starter truck, anywhere between twenty and fifty thousand uh, for a decent one. Um, you know. You know, what I, I've seen some guys that get into trucking business and what they do is they go out and they go get a brand new truck, 150000 and then they can't make the payment, mm. right? Because you're cutting into your profits. It, you know, you know, if you cannot do that and everybody's not in the position uh, to go out and, and spend $20,000 on a truck, see how much you can put towards it and then see if you can go get either a, a personal line of credit or you can get uh, a loan uh, on the truck, but try to put as much as you can down on the truck to keep your payments as low as possible. Right. Um, you the don't... other, the other option is leasing, but that's a whole different ball game. Um, you you want to make sure you have the contracts that are in place to um, uh, to cover those leases because right. they could get expensive. That was actually my next question. How do you feel about leasing? But you just answered that question, man. So. Twenty thousand to fifty thousand on the first truck, preferably right. a cash type of deal. If right. you're doing real estate, you should be able to pull the money out. If you're really making money, if you're not making money, what, what about the people that are totally green? They they really they're low on capital right now and trying to start something. Do you recommend that leasing uh, option? And, and, and so I don't. And like I said, the reason why I do not recommend the leasing option for people who can't really get that capital. I only recommend it unless you can secure a permanent contract, right? So you know the exactly the exact dollar amount that you're going to make per month for that, right? And so you can kind of, you know, if you're, if say for instance, your 18 wheeler and Penske is is a good advocate to that, if they're, your lease is a thousand a week, right? That's $4,000 a month on your truck lease, right? And then you pay a, 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 a um, or cents per mile. So you got to think if you run, you know, a hundred thousand miles, just, just to, you know, put that number out there, then that's 15 cents times a hundred thousand plus your original truck payment. And so it could get expensive. So you want to make sure that you're getting, getting the work, um, um, to cover that expense. You also have your fuse, your fuel cost, um, and things of that nature. I think also, man, uh, it's important for people to understand that there's money everywhere right now. So uh, if you can get good at understanding the trucking business, then, you know, maybe you could bring on a partner with you or something like that who has has access to the capital. Right. And so and so what I what I always recommend for somebody that wants to get into the trucking business uh, that does not have the capital, go get your CDLs. The CDL um, is, you know, a commercial driver's license. Go get your CDLs. Try to get on with a um, uh, uh, a company that does a lease operator type of deal. 
Um, and then after so many years, uh, you know, they'll allow you to purchase your truck at a, a discount or you, you would be, you know, that truck will be, the, you know, be paid off and things of that nature. So mm -hmm. I always recommend that, that portion there. Um, also, if you, if you're low on funds, they, they're also, you know, I'm no, I know, I've known buddies of mine have that have been low on funds, but had, had good credit. So they was able to use, you know, 0% interest credit cards, you know, for the first 18 months. So they were able to pull, you know, 15 to 20 grand off of their credit cards. Um, maybe federal, uh, uh, Chartway Federal Credit Union, PenFed are some of the, some of the credit unions that, you know, um, that give you those credit cards with 0% interest for 18 to 24 months. And so Sorry. you're able to use... It was Navy Federal. It was what was the, uh, the other two? Uh, uh, Navy Federal, Chartway Federal Credit Union, uh, Penn, uh, Penn Fed, mm -hmm. Virginia Credit Union. Um, I think I got my, my first credit card with Virginia Credit Union, and this was before, uh, and I want to say before I was, you know, doing doing real estate was thirty five thousand. My line was thirty five thousand with them. Um, but I was a good steward. You know, obviously, I, I was a good steward with it. I didn't go and take it and spend it, you know, on Louis, Louis Vuitton and Gucci belts and things of that nature. Right. I went in and I invested it. You know, I, I took it to spearhead it. And then once I earned that profit off of whatever I was doing, I went and paid it right off. Paid it, paid the line right back off. It's called right being responsible off. with the money, y'all. That's what it's right. all about, right? So, so what's the profit potential per truck, man? Like, if I got a... I, you know, I, I know you told me one point focus on 26 foot box trucks, right? Mm -hmm. To start. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So 26 foot box truck for 20 to $50,000. What, what should be my profit potential per truck right now? And so, and so if you talk about net profit, so you got it, it there's a, there's a difference, right? So you've got the 18 wheelers on hauling side, and then you got the box trucks and it just depends on what you're hauling in the box trucks. Right. Um, I just got a, a special contact with uh, with XBA XBO, and they want me to do some 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 work with them, a, a contract with them. Um, but the minimum uh, that I think a truck should make, as far as the box side, would be thirty five hundred a week. And right? that's that's net profit. That's after well, expenses. No, that's, no, that's not after expenses. So each truck that you have on the road should make anywhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars a week net. Okay. Net. So 1500, let's say a thousand, a thousand dollars a week net. And mm -hmm. that's after you pay your driver, after all your expenses and things like that. So 3,500 a week minimum, a thousand to $1,500 a week net. And that's take right. home, take home money. Right. And, it, and, and, I'm, and I'm, and I'm saying the net on, on the low end, it, it could possibly, if you're doing 3,500, it could possibly be a lot higher than that. Um, because you got to think if you've got a driver or you've got, uh, uh, a helper, right? You're paying them a decent salary, 15, 16, 17, even $20 an hour. And maybe they're working eight to 10 hours a day. So just say you're giving them, you know, 200 bucks a day to run for, um, for XBO. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you didn't, you would do that times your seven days and 1400 on that side. And then also your fuel cost of what it's going to cost you. So it possibly could be over a thousand dollars if you're doing 3,500 a week. Got you, man. Good stuff, man. This is good stuff. So expect to spend, you know, upwards of 50,000 tops 
low end 20,000 for a 26 yeah. foot box truck. That's important for you guys to remember that. And I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. I've been looking for one. Those things are incredibly hard to find. Yeah. Um, Especially but, automatics. If you're looking for automatics, they're going to be tough. Automatics. Yeah, definitely. Now we did find one that was stick. You know, I, I took it as if I was driving it. That was a bad move on my behalf. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, if you, you know, look for that 26 foot box truck, 20 to $50,000 expect to make about, you know, 1500 a week per truck. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the, uh, the, the 18 wheelers, those are going to make a lot more money. Is, is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so 18 wheelers, you know, you're looking at anywhere between, uh, on the low end, 6,000 a week on the high end, 12 to 15,000 a week. And it That's just depends true. on. It just depends on your 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 broker and, and where you're pulling your loads from. And that's take home or is that a gross? That's gross. Gross. Got it. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, 18 wheelers are gonna cost a little bit more money too, though. I know they go anywhere right. from fifty thousand dollars and up, from what right. I understand, right? Right. Well, like I said, I bought my two, I bought one for thirty. Um matter of fact, I bought one for thirty and I bought the other one for I believe about twenty seven. But that was eight months ago, seven months ago. Different market. Right now, yeah. Right now, it's a different market. Those same trucks are like 50, 60 grand. Yeah. So, man, so you got those things that are still, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could turn <laughs> right now, you know, set them down right now and sell them if I wanted to. But again, yeah. um, we was we was able, we were blessed to use real estate uh, uh, um, deals and things of that nature to fund those trucks and now we don't make any payments the only thing you do is you don't have to pay for fuel and the driver obviously that's right man that's the importance of uh having real estate uh to back you up right so why don't we provide them with a step-by-step process on on getting started let's say three to five steps to to get in their first truck up and running and then we'll kind of segue into how they can use that money for real estate man right so the, i mean the first step is going to be decide Let's talk about that because I don't I don't care what you do in life. If you don't decide that you want to do this in this trucking game, you're going to fold. Right. Um, um, every day, something, a water pump breaks. You know, you got to send somebody to go fix it. Um, this happens. That happens. You got to decide that you are the person that's going to take these calls when it's one o'clock in the morning. You mm. know what I mean? Um, and then you got dispatch. You obviously, obviously, I got dispatches and things of that nature. Um, but the first thing is going to be decide. Um, the next thing is going to decide financing. Financing. So you want to make sure your finances are in place, right? If that, if you're going to use a credit card, if you're going to use um, uh, some funds from your know, real estate deals, or are you going to use some of your own income? You just want to make sure how much that is that I can dedicate towards this business, towards the trucking business. Um, because you don't, you want to have a cushion. You want to have a cushion. Uh, I always say, I always keep two, two months, two to, two, to, two to four months of reserve for my trucking business just to make sure that if anything happens, we can cover it. Same thing with real estate, man. You got an apartment or a, a house. You shouldn't be spending up all the money. You need to have reserves uh, yeah. in, in the back burner in case something goes wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, once you find your truck, you want to get your DOT and your MC number. So I got decide, finance, find truck, and mm-hmm. then get DOT number. Yeah, get your DOT, get all your certs. 
go through all your safety inspections, everything like that. And what would be number five? What number five is, is finding a driver. Find a driver? Yeah, you got so to find a driver. It's actually going to be more than five because I know you still got to get the dispatch going. You got to get all that yeah. stuff going. Yeah. So I got, here's what I got. I got the side, finance, find a truck, get the DOT inserts, find a driver. Mm-hmm. That's five steps. What would be number six? Insurance. Make sure you're, you're properly insured. Most okay. of these, most of the people that you're going to carry for are going to have stipulations on how much insurance you need to carry. That's one, cargo. That's two, um, um, whatever it's going to cost to cover that load, things of that nature. And also, if anything happens on the road, you go out and you, God forbid, you kill somebody, you, you have to be covered. So in order to carry, you know, for a lot of these big companies, you got to make sure that you meet their their insurance uh, requirement. Absolutely, man. And then what do you need after the insurance? Once you find out your insurance, then now you can start playing. And then you got your insurance, you got your DOT, you got your MC. Now you can start playing. You can kind of go and get on some low boards uh, or that boards and things of that nature. Uh, with Amazon, Amazon has a thing called Amazon Relay. Um, um, they also have Amazon AFP partners. Um, and they, they run 18 wheelers and things of that nature. But the, the Relay... It's more, you know, for, you know, it's kind of like a, a Uber for Amazon, right? You're able mm. to get on a low board and pick your different loads um, um, in the area that you're in. Um, and once you do that at an effective and a high rate, you're able to become a preferred and get preferred loads. And with the preferred loads, they may send you, uh, uh, you know, certain loads and things at a premium, right? Um I don't want to get into kind of the, the pricing of those, but you know, there, there's some decent loads that you can pick up and, and make some decent money on. Got you, man. So really it's an eight step process here or seven, seven to eight steps. Decide mm-hmm. that you want to do this finance, find a truck, get the mm-hmm. DOT inserts, find the drivers, get the insurance. Then you work on the, the, the loads and dispatch and, and you start playing the game. Right. Right. You can get with the, you can get with the, uh, uh, a broker, um, uh, or a dispatch company that takes 10 to 15 percent um just make sure it's a, it's a reputable company um and that uh it, it benefits both of you guys uh 10 yes. to 15 percent a truck of money is literally nothing if you can make 10 to fifteen thousand a week and now, so 10 to fifteen thousand a week you know and, and then paying a dispatch I, you know I, like you said man your net profit on a on a small truck is a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars you, you you're doing pretty well with that right yeah yeah you're definitely doing pretty well you can you can <laughs> you know the the goal is 20 percent. and i know all these gurus are jumping in now and oh we're making 40 percent. we're making 50 percent. some weeks it is some weeks it's 60 percent. yeah um you know but the goal is 20 percent. the 20%. goal is to make sure yeah profit. whatever you do profit if you go out and you run a thousand dollars the goal is to make 200 bucks if you go do ten thousand the goal is to make two thousand, right? And that's gonna keep you in business a long time if you, you, know, if, you if you operate that like that. That's funny, man, because I that's exactly how I operate my wholesaling business. I try to keep twenty percent of the profit take home. That way, I got money right. for taxes. I got money for overhead. I got money for exactly. marketing. I got money for my team, and then I got twenty percent. Exactly. I did a video on this. You know, I'll, I'll link it up at the top for you guys to be able to check out. But you know, you 
as a business owner, if you're bringing home 20% for doing nothing, bringing home 20% off of other people's efforts is, is, is the name of the game. That's what, the way you want to go in business in general, man. So uh, good stuff, Q. Listen, right. man. Obviously, and that's why yeah. I'm at. I, 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 no, and, and that, and that's, 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 that's the goal, man. And that's the reason why when we talk about these multiple streams of income, you know, if I'm getting twenty percent from seven businesses, we just named seven. Um, I'm also a, 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 a uncertified, and I, I will be certified in the next couple weeks. Uh, GC general contractor. Uh, I'm going for class A, so I'm waiting on COVID. Kind of slowed every all the paperwork down for us getting in, but now I still act as my GC, all my jobs. I, uh, I subcontract out all the work and I get a fee, you know, we get a fee for that. So, um, but you know, if you get in 20% from each one of your streams of income, man, look how much the pot, the pot of gold will be at the end of the tunnel. Once you, you know, that the end of the week or the end of the month hits, um, you know, I, I take an owner's draw from my trucking company, but also I'm on salary and that's for all my businesses, for my, for my pest control business, for my, uh, logistics companies for my uh, massage business. You know, you know, I can take an owner's draw when I when I like quarterly things of that nature. But I'm also on the payroll, and so I'm able to use that capital to reinvest. Um, again, I just hired a grant writer. You know, for the trucking companies because there's when I say I, I I can't even put it into context. I say billions, but it's probably trillions of dollars of free money out there for business owners. Um, like you or me, small business owners, that companies have to spend, right? Um, you know, Amazon, Apple, things of that nature, they have to spend um, this money every year. And so they'll create different grants and things like that for small businesses like you and I. But we don't go out on the platform. We don't go out and, and seek, seek out the knowledge. And I don't have time. I'm, I'm running seven, eight businesses. I'm moving a million miles a minute. So I actually hire a professional, you know, and if, if you check most of the Fortune 500 companies um, that you see or see around have full time grant writers on their on their payroll. And so that's one of the next steps you guys can you know look into. But, you know, that's what we, we you know, our goal is to have all our companies, you know, get grants and things like that throughout the year to expand, to expand. I like the fact that you said you hired a professional, man. At the end of the day, it's all about, you know, it leads back to even in real estate, having that mentor just kind of right. show you how to do things, right? Or at least hiring some, hiring the team to be able to do it for you. Now, now Q, how old are you, man? Right now, 37. 37, 37 years, years old, old man. So you're yes, the $10 sir. million dollar man at 37 years old. Yes, and yes sir. Started from 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 the ground up, man. You know, come from the same type of neighborhoods. You know, I love bringing on people who come from the same type of backgrounds as me, just to show people that look, we did it. You can do it too. You know, it's not Absolutely. hard. You just gotta put in the work, man. And we, you know, we 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 come from where we come from. You have to know how to hustle. At the end right. of the day, right? So we create opportunities. We don't wait for the opportunities to come. And that's the way you guys got to be in, in, in business. You got to think outside the box and be able to make things happen in order to be able to take your life where you wanted to go. Now, obviously, yeah, this is a lot of this is a uh, this is a lot of information for a lot of people, man. Uh, you're doing really well. How is this benefiting your real estate business? Let's circle it back around to real estate. In oh general. man. Um you know the type of the type of people that I meet. Every, you know, first of all, uh, the man upstairs has blessed me to be able to uh, help other people, right? And and I get 
DMs all the time. Can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? Um, you know, and I wish I could help everybody. I wish I could just pour into because it's a, it's to me it's not about the money anymore. It, I I didn't travel the world. I didn't see you know everything I can see now. It's about that financial stability for my kids, 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 kids. Right? When Jay Z said, "I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. This is what I do. I live it. I breathe it. I eat it." And so with you know, one thing that from being from the east side of Detroit, Michigan, um, um, I grew up in, in, in poor neighborhoods, right? And so what I said is when I started to make money is I would go back to those underdeserved communities. Right now, most of our rentals are Section 8 rentals into, in those underdeserved communities. Now, you don't have to have your, your Section 8 rentals in underdeserved communities, but most of ours are. And what we do is we go in and we do the granite town countertops floors, the hardwood floors, and things like that, the upgraded uh, fixtures to make sure that we're providing quality luxury housing for underprivileged people. You Just because you're on Section 8 doesn't mean you can't have quality housing. Um, I don't know where they came up with the slum, slum landlord at. I don't know where that, that, that term came from. You know, I walk in some of these houses and it's just a shame how they treat some of these people. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I got into the game and we started to make money, um, that's what I did. And then I started to see the benefit, you know, uh, you know, some of my mentors and say, hey, go to the poorest neighborhoods and buy and buy those those properties. They can't go no lower. Twenty, thirty thousand. You know, you know, we just talked. You know, you picked up a, a property for 16 grand. You know, they can't go no lower. If I bought it and it just sat there, I made money. And so our goal is to take. You know, the transportation money, the the spa money, uh, the GC money and pour it back into real estate. And that's providing quality housing. That's going into um, people say the hood. And, and I say that because my last name is hood. But uh, they go into the hood and, they, and, 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 and you got these rundown apartment builders. Go in and fix them up and go in and put lighting in them. Go in and put granite countertops in them. I had people come tell me, man, you crazy. You are crazy to put granite countertops into uh, uh, these 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 apartments or these duplexes or these triplexes, right? You know, I, I bought my first triplex for sixty grand um, in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, it rents right now for thirty four hundred a month, eleven hundred, and they're two bedrooms, two bedroom, one bath, Section Eight rented. I never have to worry about my, my money coming in, right? You know, the tenant pays a portion of it. Um, but I, what I did is I went in and I did everything to it. I put granite countertops. My phone, and that, I took that listing down probably two and a half years ago. My phone rings probably at least 10 to 12 times a day for that listing. Hey, man, is that, that apartment still? Man, that is a beautiful, beautiful place. You know what I mean? And so these are people that are on Section 8, um, you know, or, or getting government assistance and things of that nature. Because they see the value, in it. they see the value of you know the work that we you know we put in it, um, and, and they take care of it. People, people are responsible. Some of my best tenants are Section Eight tenants. That's right, man. I was just having this conversation with Chris Haskins, who's in Virginia as well, man. And we literally, because him and I, you, him, me, uh, me, him, you. We all have the same mindset when it comes to Section Eight, and you know the value. I, I believe that the the value you put out is what you're going to receive back. 
um, yeah. in the long run, man. So, you know, just kind of going in with the mindset of being a slumlord, man, that's not going to get you anywhere. You're going to have nothing but headaches. But if you if you treat people the way you want to be treated and you help them increase the quality of their life at the end of the day, man, you're just going to you're not going to have that those headaches anymore, man. Man, you're not, man. It's 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 ridiculous. It's it's it's, it's good. There's a good side to the Section 8 and there's a bad side. Right. The bad side is there's not enough housing. Right. Uh, you know, these big companies are coming in and they're turning down all these yeah. these housing projects and things of that nature. And they're putting these people out and they have nowhere to go. The good part of it is I'm here. I'm going to find those abandoned houses. I'm going right. to find those rundown houses and I'm going to go in and I'm going to do them right. And then I'm going to make sure that we're able to keep the, the rents affordable. Right. Affordable uh, to make sure that they are you know, able to live. You know, not not by the bare minimum, but luxury. If it's if it's the granite countertops, if it's the quartz countertops, I even put quartz into my. I get it. I get it for the same price I get granite for. So I get it. You know, I, you know, some people say, "Why are you putting it in there?" It's not about you know what you're putting in it. It's the cost, right? Does it make sense, right? You know, like I said, I bought that triplex for sixty four. I think I put sixty into it. I was all in at 420 at ARV at like 350. And I'm getting $3,400 a month rent, rental income on it. It's like home rent. That's right, man. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Obviously, there's there's multiple streams of income can lead you to where you truly want to be in your real estate business or in life in general, man, because it's not all about money. Nobody wants to get up. Now, I don't know about you, Q, man, but I don't want to get up and be a real estate investor every day. I don't want to get up nope. and own a trucking company. I don't want to own all of these businesses. We do it for two nope. things, time and freedom, to be able to yeah. do what we want to do with our lives. True? Yeah, true, true. You know, I, like I said, I've seen, you know, when I was in Southern Afghanistan, we traveled everywhere. I mean, we've been to Thailand, we've been to Maldives, we've been to Mauritius, we've been to uh, Europe. You know, we've been just about anywhere you can think of some of the most beautiful places. Um, and that wasn't just off of, you know, overseas money. That was off real estate money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was off of, you know, going in and fixing these properties up, creating the value. What I tell people is don't ever start a business to make money. Never, ever. Always start a business to create value. The money's going to flow. The money's going to be made. It's 7.6, I think Grant Cardone says it, 7.6 or 7.8 billion people in this world. You can find the money, create the value, the money will follow. And obviously part of building that business and part of focusing on building the value is the information that you could bring to people like what we're doing here on this podcast. Right. And we're spreading the message, right? So don't be stingy with information. Share it with other people, especially those who you care about the most, and help them to step outside of their comfort zones as well, man. And I see you were able to. I, I see you. It seems like you're sitting in one of your trucks right now, man. But uh, I know you got that yeah. Bentley. How you how you enjoying that thing, man? Yeah. Well, you know, I bought that Bentley in 2012. Um, I just bought. You know, well, my wife has a. Uh, uh, we got a, a C8 uh, Stingray Corvette 2020. Uh, we, we just got that from, we ordered it like, you know, two Decembers ago, but just got it like four or five months ago. And so, you know, it's about, it's about what the, 
enjoying the fruits of labor now, right? That's like right. I said, you know, you go out and you do all these different things, but if you cannot enjoy them, um, you know, what what are you doing it for? You know what I mean? Um, you know, my kids go to the best schools, right? And that's not just because I pay for them to go to school, right? It's because I live in the best neighborhoods, right? I still own all my properties in all of the neighborhoods that I grew up in, right? And But my, you know, I will never lose sight of where I came from. But I am going to instill those values into them to where, you know, they're able to support themselves. They're not going to be, anything's not going to be handed or given to them, but they're going to understand the value of money and the, and the value of creating value. That's right, man. Adding value, creating value in other people's lives is always going to bring more money uh, right back to you. I'm just looking at, uh, I think we covered everything, man. I, uh, I, I took a lot of notes myself, man, primarily because, right. you know, as, as I've mentioned, I'm looking into the trucking business myself. I have been looking for a right. truck, man, is, is relatively difficult to do, man. But, you know, I'm going to keep pushing myself and, um, you know, not saying that it's hard to do it. It's just in my local area it is relatively hard to find. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you should stop looking uh, for trucks for yourself no. as well. But listen, man, no, how but on your side. On your side, Jamil, but I also would say uh, for you, you know what I mean, to just test the waters, right? Uh, um, maybe, maybe rent a truck for a month. See how it goes. That see how like it, a, see how it goes. That sounds like rent a, a truck. Lease, lease a truck for a month. You can find, you know, Penske, um, Ryder. Um, um, there's a couple other companies that do um, leasing the trucks and things of that nature. Lease one for a month. See how it goes. If it's profitable for you, boom, scale. You know, that's right. Um, that's right. When man. you did your first deal, that's the only way you learned that you did your first deal because you did it and was like, I can reduplicate this multiple times. That's and right. you have, and now you're doing two deals a day. So it's like, you know, you know, when I got into first got into it, I didn't know what the freak I, I, I watched podcasts, I read books, and I still was terrified because I didn't know everything, right? And I still don't. I still have to call, you know, some of the gurus and say, hey, what? You know what's this look like? What what's that? Um, even even on my construction side, I have to call, mm-hmm. you know, uh, construction guys and be like, "Hey, the city hit me with this. What is this?" But as I'm continue to do it, so next time when it comes across my plate, boom! I already know what I'm doing. That's right, man. I already know how to operate. So, Q so, man, how can know, our how can our listeners get in contact with you, bro? Man, you can you can reach me at hood homes underscore inc on IG. Hood Homes, H O O D S, H O M E. I'm sorry, Hood Homes, H O O D H O M E S underscore I N C on IG. I'm going to make sure to link that in the description box as well. Yeah. Now, listen, man, one last question for you, bro. If you had to provide our listeners with some last word advice, what would those words be? Just do it, baby. Like Nike, just do it. Don't make no excuses. You know, this world is made up of opportunity, right? Uh, one of my mentors, and I'm not going to say his name, I came over here uh, uh, from, a, from a foreign country uh, and owns somewhere near 22 McDonald's. Um, and that's how I got actually in, in six massage classes. But um, it, it's just about doing it. He, he, didn't, he didn't quit. He worked his way up into the ranks, uh, into McDonald's. Uh, he bought his first one. And then on to proceed, once he mastered the game, he, 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 he expanded, right? And he scaled. 
and, and, and now, you know, he's a multi, multi-millionaire, owns real estate, things of that nature. Um, and, 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 and create, get with people that you want to emulate, right? You know, people say, you know, that, you know, if you follow, follow somebody, you're a copy or you copy somebody, you know, that you, you know, you, 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 you hating or something like that. Man, get around people that do what you want to do. That's what, that's my biggest advice to anybody. If you get around those people that do what you want to do and you learn from them, you may be able to add value to them. You may be able to do something for them, them for free. You know what I'm saying? Um, to learn the game. Anybody that I ever wanted to be like, I'd be like, hey man, let me, let me take you to dinner. Let me, let me, let me wash your car. Let me, and, and me as a 10, 10, you know, we make money, we make money. But if I want to learn something, I'll find out what that, that person's favorite coffee is or favorite drink. And I'll get their address and send it to them. Look them up. Right. Hey, just to show them, Hey, I'm noticing, I appreciate you. Um, motivation, your encouragement, encouragement. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm emulating you. I'm studying and I'm learning, you know, and I'm not to be scary, but you know, you have to put what you want out in the universe to get it back. You know, it's funny, man. I, I continuously have these conversations with other high level individuals. Right. And it's funny the the you could tell the difference between somebody who doesn't have and somebody who does. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this to be facetious. I'm saying this to bring up a, an important fact so that you guys can, there's a pattern in the conversations that we have. Most people that reach out to me always want something from me, but I'm like, what are you bringing to the table? Um, there's never an exchange of value uh, in return. Um, when you guys approach people, especially high level individuals, notice what Q just said, always offer something in exchange Always offer something of value when w- w- without even thinking about receiving something in return first. And then that value exchange will come in the end. Very, very important for you guys to understand that. Don't have your handout going to people all the time. Always think about what, what can you do for that person. And then the law of recipro- reciprocity is going to kick in after the fact. So think always go into your relationships thinking about how can I help that person? And just understand, don't even look for anything back. Understand that it's always going to come back to you in the end. Very, very important life lesson. If you guys didn't take anything away from this, at least listen to what we're telling you uh, in that regard. You'll be fine. Q, man, it's been a real pleasure having you, bro. I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions that our listeners are going to they're gonna have. I would love to have you back in the near future, man. Um, and maybe we'll do it in person. Maybe I'll come out to Richmond or maybe you could come out here to NC and, and we'll do it in person, man. And, um, and, uh, create even more value, uh, for, for the people, man. But that's what we're here for. We're here to help everybody, uh, go from where they are to where they want to go in their businesses through multiple streams of income, different businesses, real estate investing, trucking, like what Q is doing. Uh, he has a pest control business. I, I tallied up seven, eight different businesses as he was going through them. The whole point is you can make money doing anything, but yeah. focus on what you want to do and create the lifestyle that you want. Q, man, it's yeah, been a definitely. real pleasure, bro. Yeah, appreciate I appreciate it, man. You. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Hopefully next time um, we talk, it's in person. And, uh, and, and, and hopefully I own a hotel and I can kind of take you guys through that journey. 
Um, so, you know, we, we're, we're putting it in the universe. We're going to make it happen. Uh, you know, probably, you know, one, hopefully one of the youngest, you know, African-American uh, hotels owner, hotel owners in the United States. So, uh, we, you know, we put it out there. We're going to put that goal out there and we're going to make it happen. We're going to push for it. That's what's up, man. I'm looking forward to being a part of that with you, man. So until next time, guys, listen, get out there, take massive action in order to get massive results. I'll see y'all on the yep. next one. Peace. Yep. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.